All right, we're rolling. We're rolling right now? We're rolling right now. Nice. Uh. Well, welcome to the pilot episode of What Are You Reading? My name's Luke. Danny. <laughs> Uh, and we are just going to talk about what we're reading right now. We're both big readers. Uh, yeah. We meet every so often and we just kind of talk about what we're reading, what's interesting, what's not, um, and thought we wouldn't share that with the world. Yeah, I mean, these are the conversations we've been having anyway, so right. the world needs to know. And plus Danny's convinced that this is going to go viral. This so. is going to be huge. It's going to be like the biggest thing I've ever done in my life, so at least 30 people are going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers least. crossed. Yeah. We need to hit 30. So and please. as I've, I mean, my blog already captures the like suburban mom demographic. So you got we've got on. that locked down. Now it's just how do we start to break into the other demographics, you know? Like the dads and stuff? I guess. <laughs> you don't have to make it weird though. <laughs> All right. So, Danny, what are you reading? Well, Luke, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> that is why we're here. This is true. Um, there's this book, it's called The Alchemist. Um, one of my faves, obviously not one of your favorites because if I remember correctly, you publicly blasted it on your Instagram profile, giving it, what was it, a three out of five? <laughs> um, which just makes absolutely no sense to me. This book is easily a five. Um, maybe it was just a flawed rating system, and you or just needed, rater. or a flawed rater. That's definitely debatable. But um, I don't know. How could you? How could you do such a thing? <laughs> so background. Well, there's not much more background to add. I read the book, <laughs> and which is where I was at. I don't know, I don't want to be too like grand about this, but where I was at in life, like yeah. what was going on right then, it just didn't, wasn't. Uh... So are you admitting that three out of five was not a good score? No, I'm saying three out of five was accurate for where I was at mm. at that point, but I have it on my list to reread it. And I think See, my I'll... problem is with your <clears throat> massive influence that you have on your Instagram profile, people saw that three out of five and were like, I don't want to read The Alchemist, <laughs> so we're gonna hope. I hope that uh, well, we can reverse some of that. If you have a bigger influence than me, then you can reverse that. That's the goal, right? Because this thing is gonna be huge. So, what do you like about it? Um, lots of things. I don't even know where to start, but let's just start here. It introduces the concept, or I guess reminds me of the concept of like what is your purpose in life and I feel like a lot of our conversations that we have even when they're not about books or just around like what do we feel like we're being called to um, the term for it in this book is personal legend so what is your personal legend and there's basically this shepherd boy named Santiago who has these recurring dreams um, and I definitely identify with him. Uh, not that I have recurring dreams. I had 
I had a dream last night. I had some weird dreams last night. Um, What'd you eat last night? I don't think I ate anything weird. I had chicken salad and an apple and a banana. Um, but I had a dream like the last one right before I woke up to come and do this was like, I think it was my cousin, but he had gone back in age like 10 years. And he was like, can I get this lollipop? And it was like a lollipop that was like the size of my fist. <laughs> and it was like, it cost him, I looked at the price tag and it was like $25. And I was like, no. And then his mom came over and was like, sure, honey, you can get this lollipop. And I was just so pissed off. Um, but anyway, getting back to the book. So he's having these recurring dreams. This is Santiago, the shepherd boy. And the recurring dreams are calling him to go to the pyramids in Egypt, somewhere he's never been before. I think, I, I don't know where he is, if he's in Spain or, his name's Santiago, so he's probably in Spain, but he's never been there. He goes to like a psychic lady and tries to find out, you know, why I'm, what does this mean? Mm. She says he has to go there to find his quote unquote treasure. And just in the process of pursuing what amounts to his personal legend, which is basically this dream that's calling him forward. Hmm. He experiences all these things and recognizes and realizes what his personal legend is. Also meets with other people who are in the pursuit of their personal legends. Hmm. And you get to see that context also. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I was describing this book to, or I was talking about this book with a friend the other day who had read it also. And it's just like, there's something about a book that just like stirs your heart, mm -hmm. you know? I wish you guys could see my hand gestures because my hand gestures he's are got, on point right now. He's got the Trump hand gestures yeah, going. Yeah, I've got the, <laughs> got the Trump <laughs> hand gestures. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be a huge pod podcast. Um, but yeah, when you come out of a book and you're just like something just There's something resonates. about, yeah. for, well for me there was something about like his determination like he's hardworking. what was the are you talking about this book that you gave a three out of five yeah i I'm still enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> what was the um shop that he was working at was it glass the glass shop yeah, yeah. glass shop yeah. and he was there for didn't it say a couple of years or something was it that long it was at least a year yeah. but anyways like he's at this glass shop for at least a year and working but the whole time like his purpose working there is so that he could save up enough money to continue on his journey right and like that I don't know that I that's a interesting um, uh, perspective not perspective but to be at a place for a year is not a super long time but to be at a place for that long but keeping your vision or your mm -hmm. goal in focus and be like this is not where I'm staying I'm gonna because I think where where I'm at like I assume that I'm always gonna be there you're saying personally yeah personally yeah. I assume that I'm always gonna be where I'm at and don't always keep keep a, a hold on I don't know where I'm going specifically but just the fact that like hey I'm probably gonna go somewhere else after you know after this has run its course I'm probably gonna do something else um, but this can serve its pur purpose right now so you identified with him too a little bit yeah yeah, to me, <clears throat> I thought it was cool because, like, he goes on this journey. He's a shepherd in the beginning, right? 
and he um, has these dreams, and so he starts on this journey, and then, I don't know, I get to the end of the book, and I think about like all the different places that he's come, and it's almost like, in a way, I think he, it's been a while since I've read it, but I think he identifies like his treasure and his personal legend as something specific at the end, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I look at it and look back on all the different places he's been and all the things that he's done, and it's like, dang, like if he wasn't, if he wasn't even just pursuing it, like he wouldn't have done all of these things. He would have still been a shepherd, still in the field, which is nothing wrong with that, but his desire was to do something more and it was the pursuit of a goal that took him through this incredible journey that he can say, you know, yeah, I've done glass making, I've done uh, whatever, I've rode through the desert on a camel or whatever it was he did. Um, the, there are some incredible experiences just because he was pursuing a goal. Yeah. Yeah, and going back to my like background as a philosophy major, which I usually don't share with anybody, but now obviously I'm sharing with the world. Um, I think Aristotle said that like people are teleological creatures. And I'm making myself sound way smarter than I am, but the what I remember from that, and this is one of the few things I remember from college, like I just I feel like all I did was play video games in college, but. <laughs> um, Teleological creatures are, it means that you're purpose-based. It means that you're goal-based. And I think mm. for both of us, maybe this isn't every, I mean, this book has been consumed by millions and millions of people now, but I think we are similar in that it resonates in that purpose and mm. goal sense. Like both of us are very goal and purpose driven. Mm. Um, I guess a question I would pose to you, because I'm kind of a romantic and I think of, you know, um, for example, pursuit of a spouse. Mm -hmm. I do happen to believe, um, as idealistic as it is and as much as it goes against what seems to be the prevailing world's opinion, um, I do believe that there is one best person out there for you. There are lots of good people out there for you that mm. you could get married to, for example, and have a happy life. You know, Santiago could stay and be a shepherd and still have a quote-unquote happy life. Yeah. But I do believe for whatever reason that there is that one person who is best for me or for other people mm -hmm. um, for that matter. Along with that, I think Santiago pursuing his purpose kind of brings out that same romanticism in me that says there is one personal legend, there's one purpose mm. that we're equipped, most equipped for on this planet. Yeah. Um, there are other things that we can do, and if that was all that we did for the rest of our lives, we would still be fine, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't stretch us, it wouldn't bring us to that, it wouldn't be like a pyramids in Egypt experience for us. Yeah. Um, I don't know, what do you think of that concept, that there's just one purpose for you that's best? I think I would agree, but on a little bit broader sense. For me, I think there's a, there's a area uh, that if you operate in, I think we're created within, like if you operate within the area that you are created to operate in, there's a plethora of things that you can do within that area that mm -hmm. will satisfy that. So what's an example of so, an area? Yeah, an example could be um, 
you know, someone who loves to teach. And like that, they feel like they're gifted with teaching and uh, they, um, you know, they could be a teacher. Um, they could be a teacher of a specific subject that they like or maybe they love teaching so much they don't care what subject it is. They could be, a, you know, maybe a pastor or maybe none of those. Maybe they could just, you know, have a regular office job but kind of like disciple people in their free time or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I think about um, Rachel who is has like this uh, pastoral kind of gift of, of relating to people and building relationships and she's more than happy doing that in a salon setting because she gets to talk to people all day and maybe that's the best thing, maybe there's something else that would also fit into that, but I think uh, we're created with these areas of uh, like these giftings that if we operate in those there's plenty of ways we could do that but if you're fulfilling that like that's going to be good for you I guess I agree and I disagree I don't disagree is too strong of a word but there is part of me that gets more specific than that and yeah. that just again might be the idealist in me like I almost think that there is something specific that is like again maybe you can operate really well in your area yeah. but even within that area there's still a best conduit and a best <coughs> channel yeah i don't know no I, I, I i've got nothing to base this off of other than books i read like this that makes sense i think there's just a danger of like constantly i've done this so many times constantly you know whether you don't know that you're in that best channel or yeah. you are trying to get there, like the danger is constant, that's the thing that's constantly on your mind. Like, I'm not there, I'm not there, I'm not there. And it's like that strive for perfection, I think. Um, for me, there's been a lot of life in like, no, I'm at where I'm at and I'm gonna, I'm going towards a goal, but I'm okay where I'm at. Um, so that's not to say that I think you're wrong, but just think that there's a, um, there's a balance. Yeah, there's a balance to everything. I think you're right. I'm always right. <laughs> How does that work out in your household? I don't know. <laughs> Something tells me you're not always right. No, I'm not always yeah. right. Maybe here, though. No, I'd like to think that I got that gene from my dad because he says he's always right. Does he? But, oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I'm sure he's kidding. Anything else in The Alchemist? Um, yeah, I mean, there's millions of things that I could talk about, but I just love that book. I love, uh, I love stories. Like, mm. um, there's something, I read a ton of, a ton of nonfiction, um, and it's just, like, I, I love reading about different concepts and things like that, but when a book manages to weave those concepts into a story, mm. and it's not just, like, um, I don't know, like my Kindle recommended this really fluffy Harlequin romance book called, um, I think it was called Two Cabins, One Lake, and it was about this guy that like moved in and okay. this girl like, I don't know, I guess she was excited that this guy moved into her <laughs> little Two Cabins, One Lake area. For some reason the Kindle was recommending this to me, but like mm. that's just to me like, a fluffy story that just entertains you, but mm. when you have a book that goes beyond that, 
I don't know why I had to use that as an example. <laughs> this is why I should not be allowed to do a podcast, but when you have um, a book that doesn't just enter, like it has the function of entertaining you because you need some of that, but yeah. it also drives you towards action. It also drives you towards reflection um, and discovering more about yourself. Like there's yeah. something really cool about that. Yeah. And I think that's why this book has struck such a chord. And he's like 40 or 41 years old and he sold one copy of this book and then it turns into two. Like it takes him years before this thing takes off. And before you know it, like now this is one of the best selling books of all time. It's it's crazy. It's just like when there's something about this book that captures people's, um, that captures people's hearts. And I think they're, mm. they're, while I do need to step back from the ledge sometimes and like rein in my idealism, I think that there's something healthy about stretching that idealism too and like being reminded of what the possibilities are like what what am i missing out on by just focusing on my routine everyday life am i right. neglecting the bigger purpose that i have does that make sense yeah i feel like i'm going on these really long monologues but no, that makes sense let's talk about your book <clears throat> all right so, I feel like I have to cough, but I don't feel like I'm allowed to cough. Yeah, no, I feel like I, we can both cough right now and I'll edit it out. <coughs> <laughs> or don't edit it out. Or I'll just edit it out. It'll make cough. it seem more real. Yeah. Uh, so the book that I read, I finished um, a week or so ago. It's yeah. called Garden City. Um, John Mark Comer. He's a pastor in Portland. Um, at a church called Bridgetown. Mm -hmm. um, and the book is, he kind of gives a view of work and, and, and living here on earth in light of our creation and eternity. And what was really interesting is he, um, he kind of lays out how, you know, we have our original our original purpose and command when God created us was be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, and rule over it. And he says it's interesting because like subdue uh, kind of in implies that there's this like wildness or this untamed thing that needs to be, and that's actually the same language when it says that um, when Genesis says that the earth was formless and void, like it's that same wilderness kind of language. Um, so there's this idea that like we have to tame the earth and we have to cultivate it and make it into something new um, and he kind of goes into how our work does that how the work that we do here now um, that's in, its purpose yeah that's its purpose like we're cultivating the earth I mean, and then I think you have to also start with the end in some sense because uh, he kind of outlines how the Bible teaches that you know we are not, when we die, it's not like we just fly off to heaven. Like sometimes we think of earth as our like temporary living space, but it, the Bible's pretty clear that God's gonna renew the earth and the heavens and whether that's like create a new one or just fix the one that's here, I think it's kind of irrelevant, but like earth, how we live now, I think a lot of it is gonna be how we live for eternity. And um, there's actually, uh, the word that Genesis uses for work 
is also used for worship elsewhere in the Bible. Hmm. So there's kind of this idea that the work we do is also worship, and at the same time we're fulfilling that purpose of cultivating the earth and making it into something better, and we are glorifying God uh, by that. Do you feel like you're doing such a thing with the job that you have currently? Oh boy, that's a loaded question. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I think I... Um, I don't, but... I don't, but I think... I don't know, that's, that, that's part of where, like, I think I can look forward to a goal or something else. And I, I think that the reason that I don't is, is that the job that I have, I can do it, I can do it well, but it's not within what I feel like I've been gifted in. It's not, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I can do it well, but there are other things that I could do well that I would enjoy more. But there's that attitude of like, I have to be content with what I have while working toward a goal. Is the idea, is the whole book about like just replicating the garden on uh, in our so current that's, world? That's the basic idea. Uh, it's a cool looking look book. Context. I like the I like the cover. Yeah, it is a really cool book, and it's super easy. Like, it's not the pages aren't just filled with text. Like, yeah, um, super easy read. So he goes into work and rest, and at the end, what he calls the Garden City, which is this new, um, new earth, new heaven. Uh, kind of thing and how um, kind of deducts how we will live uh, then um, but the work part was I'm gonna have to find the part first so he kind of um, poses that God creates the world and then he puts people in it to yeah. cultivate it and he kind of frames that as like creation being a project and not a product. So like God creates the world and he says that it's good. Uh, some people point out that he doesn't say that it's perfect. I don't know exactly how the original language treats that, but um, that he says with us, he says, okay, now help me finish this. Help me continue the work and make it into something better. And I think that's really interesting because um, like also the language used in Genesis is that of um, you know, that he created us to rule and kind of be kings and queens in a sense, which is a very interesting idea in the ancient East because the kings back then, you think of, you know, Pharaoh, and Pharaoh was supposed to be the incarnation of Ra, the, the yeah. god. Um, all the kings were the incarnation of their god. And so then for the, the, for God through the Bible to come and say, no, 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 you guys are all incarnations of me, like in a way, you guys are all made in the image of me and you're all supposed to rule um, together and make the world a better place. Um, like those that. are really cool, yeah. Um, that's actually the word, the word that he uses um, when it says that, when it says God made them in his image, I believe that's the place, the word that he uses is selim which means like idol yeah. in a sense. That's the same word that, that the Bible uses elsewhere when it talks about idols being made. Um, so like we are idols of God in a way. Um, and I, th I think that's just really cool imagery um, that we're here to, to, 
to, I don't know, work the earth and make it into something better. And that brings a lot of meaning, I think, to what we do now, because like I said, if we just view the earth as our temporary living place before we fly off to heaven, then what does it matter what we do now? Like, we could, what does it matter how well we take care of the earth and the environment or anything like that? Um, but I think with this view of no, what we do now does matter, and maybe maybe even our professions and stuff will transfer over into that into eternity. Um, that's been a really cool. So, what would you say if you could say just like, I guess one takeaway? What what would be? Um, how has your behavior changed since reading this book, or how yeah. do you foresee your behavior changing as a result of this book? Would but, you say, have you done anything differently already? Have I done anything differently already? No. Yeah. I think it's mostly a perspective shift and an attitude change, and it can, that can inform your actions, but it doesn't have to completely change the way that you live. I think, um, I mean, like most things that people do for work that are not, you know, evil or sin, like there is some way that it's making the world a better place. Like my job now, even though I don't love it, it's like I'm helping people save money. Yeah. And like they're able to use that for, you know, hopefully their families or whatever else. But um, like there's still that sense of making so if the anything, world a better place. It, yeah, like it helps you to not rationalize, but it helps you to see your work in a different light. That's yeah. kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even though it's not, even though I feel like there are other areas that I would enjoy working with in my giftings more, I can still find meaning in what I'm doing now as long as I'm doing it. Again, being content with where you're at while pushing toward a goal. Yeah, and that's, I like that too, that it's like, instead of just passing through on this earth, yeah, like you, you see the earth in a different light. It's almost like it, this book doesn't necessarily have to change your actions, but it changes the lens that you see things through. Yeah. Even if your actions stay exactly the same. Right. Yep. I like it. I like it too. We're about at eight o'clock, so. Yeah, we are. Uh, I'd say that was pretty successful for the first time. Probably already hit our peak, but. <laughs> uh, we'll save that judgment for later, I yeah. think. Um, just a reminder of the books that we discussed today. Mine was The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, I guess we'll link to it on our Facebook page if anybody wants to buy it. Yeah, we can get like some Amazon affiliate links yeah, going. Yeah, exactly, and oh, start yeah. making money off of oh, this thing. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding about those. Uh, and my book was Garden City by John Mark Comer, C-O-M-E-R. Nice, so yeah, hopefully you guys liked our show. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. Please, yeah, that's what, that's what the page is uh, for. If you've read either of these books, love to hear your thoughts on them. Um, if you have any suggestions for other books, can't guarantee that we'll read them because we, I think Danny reads a wider. Yeah, I like more of, of the. I do, again, I love the Harlequin romance. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know those, like, uh, books with the bare-chested guys on the front. Like oh, those yeah. are my favorite. Two so. cabins, one lake. Yeah. Two cabins, one lake. Uh, that should so be the title of our podcast. Two cabins, one two lake. Two cabins, one lake. All right. <laughs> so thanks for listening, and we will... Yeah, enjoy your weekend, guys. Yeah, talk to you again soon.